Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, before we get into our passage for the week, we want to announce an upcoming opportunity. Heritage Bible Church will be sponsoring a four-day marriage tune-up seminar beginning April 22nd for four consecutive Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 7.30 at HBC in Boise. Dr. Tom Westall will be presenting 14 topics aimed to strengthening and protecting your marriage. I've said this before, but the best time to attend a seminar like this is when you don't yet need it. But there's something here for everyone, married or contemplating marriage, whether your marriage is cruising along or hitting some bumps in the road. And you are all invited to come and join us for all or any of those days beginning April 22nd at 630 at no charge. And we know it will be valuable. Our passage this week on Heritage Bible Radio is Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44, where the apostles are returning to Jesus after being equipped with miraculous power and sent out to the surrounding country to preach the gospel. Wanting to talk about their experiences and get some rest, they jump into a boat and leave. But thousands of people go ahead of them and are waiting for them on the other side. It's late. It's a secluded and desolate place, and everyone is getting hungry. You know what happens next. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Give Them Something to Eat. This was a big, big deal. Oh, and how big a deal is it? My God shall supply is how I've described the final point, starting at verse 41. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. Easy to hold that little lunch in one hand. And looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves, and he kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. And he divided up the two fish among them all. So Jesus distributed this this first to the disciples. Then they gave the food to the people. Like I say, a normal, simple, easy-to-carry lunch like sardines and crackers. Now, interestingly, none of the texts tell us exactly physically when the miracle took place. It's pretty clear it doesn't sound like Jesus made one giant buffet all at once and said, now you all come by and get what you want. It sounds more like the the food was multiplied as the people took it and, and passed it around. And maybe the disciples would take a load to this group of 50 over here or this group of 100 over here, and then they'd, they'd pass it around, and then they'd bring their basket back to Jesus, and they'd start walking up to Him and look down, whoa, wait, it's full again. And they'd go back. He kept multiplying it. This was, this was really dramatic. And apparently the multiplication was over and over to emphasize the unending power of Jesus. He's the Creator. He was calling that bread and fish into existence from nothing. That violates a whole bunch of laws of thermodynamics. But that's okay, because He invented them. 
and they're under His control. Look at the rest of it, starting at verse 42. They all ate and were satisfied. And this wasn't communion. They didn't get one little piece of bread and one little sip of juice. They ate until they were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. And then Mark has his description. There were 5,000 adult males who ate the loaves. So everyone took all they wanted, and it was more than enough. The broken pieces refers to the edible-sized portions that were distributed, and there were 12 baskets full of them. Moms, here's the biblical case for leftovers. And it even says in one of the Gospels that they did this so that it wouldn't be wasted. Now, there was much more left over than they started with. So you start with one lunch, feed 15,000 hungry people, all from one boy's lunch, and then collect, well, let's just say, a full basket for each disciple. Okay, guys, we're, we're going to be going away for a while. You might as well just take a whole basket of food with you. That's a demonstration of how God supplies for those who will obey His Son. When the people in the church at Philippi gave sacrificially and generously to support the Apostle Paul when he had acute needs and while he was imprisoned in Rome the first time, in response to their commitment to their Lord, Paul wrote this, and a lot of people love to wrench this out of its context. This is in response to people giving generously to the Lord. And he says this, Philippians 4, 19 and 20, And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I mean, if you are giving yourself, saying, Lord, I, I don't see how you're going to feed all these people, but sure, I'll, I'll start passing this stuff out, and it just you can't get your hands empty because it just keeps multiplying. That's not going to probably happen to you, but that's how God supplies, according to His riches. He doesn't dole out a penny here and there. He gives and He gives. He supplies according to His infinite resources. Now, before we leave this incident, I want us to slip over to the Gospel of John for a moment. Needless to say, there was a big wow from this crowd of thrill-seekers. And, and John calls attention to it. John 6, 14. When therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This is of a truth the prophet who is to come into the world. So I've called them thrill-seekers. They're there for the miracles. But some of them are starting to connect the dots. What do they mean, the prophet who is to come? Well, that refers to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. That's a messianic prophecy of one who would come, who would be like Moses, but far more powerful. Uh, The Pharisees who cross-examined John the Baptist they referred to that same passage in John 1.21. They asked John the Baptist, Are you 
the prophet who is to come? And he said, no, he pointed them He pointed them to Jesus. But the problem remained that even though these people started to to speak in terms of this being the Messiah, the difficulty was that the Messiah that they wanted was not the Lord and Savior, the anointed one who would take away their sins. They wanted a political liberator who would give them the goodies who would do wonderful things for them, who would make their lives easier. But what they wanted and what they needed, those were two different things. They weren't looking for someone to set them free from their sins. And Jesus wasn't going to go along with a misguided plan. John 6, 15. Jesus, therefore, Perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. They wanted to come take Jesus to Jerusalem right then. Just before the Passover, that would be a great time to do that. And they wanted to make him their king. They figured he, if he could feed 15,000 people from almost nothing, then surely he could throw off the, the Roman yoke that they were under. He could fulfill their dreams. He could make their, their lives more comfortable for them. Now, we don't know what Jesus said. We don't know how he may have said it. But somehow, he didn't get whisked off to Jerusalem. Well, of course, it wasn't time. And he's holding together the whole universe. He can handle whether he's going to be kidnapped or not. Um, Maybe he told them, uh, listen, I'm going to bring a kingdom, but it's not right now. Maybe he explained something and got out of it that way. Or maybe he just did a disappearing act. But I'll I'll give you a teaser for next time. He wasn't done. Mark 6, 45 and 46 says, Immediately... Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go ahead of Him to the other side to Bethsaida. So they were probably on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. Bethsaida is to the northeast. Uh, While He Himself was sending the crowd away, after bidding them farewell, He left for the mountain to pray. When Jesus wanted to disappear, He could just disappear. And you weren't going to kidnap Him until He wanted to be taken. Now that sets the stage for another amazing incident. If you want a hint, next time we come to Mark, Lord willing, next Lord's Day, you're going to see an event that has to do with a boat in a storm at night with Jesus not in the boat when the storm hits. That's even okay if you want to go read ahead in any of the Gospels and find out which ones record that incident. Now, when you look at this incident, the feeding of the they always, always say the 5,000, the feeding of the huge crowd. When you look at it in the Gospel of John, you'll see that John weaves this together with a, an extensive discourse that Jesus gave on seeking Him just because of the miracles and about Him being so much more than that, that He is really the, the bread of life. John 6 is the bread chapter of John. Feed them physical bread. Talk about the bread of life. And he said a lot about true spiritual commitment. Later in that chapter in John, John adds this comment. John 6, 66. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.